Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate those. This is our broadcast service, so appreciate uh, there are several hundred that watch. Uh, live at 11 o'clock around the country, so we're, we appreciate them as well. And here in Hickory, uh, they just got used to it from uh, the COVID, and so maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll just watch. We're, we're good. We prayed Wednesday night for uh, the Ukraine, for the people, for that, that mess there. Uh, I want you to continue to, to keep uh, Ukraine uh, peace in our prayers and your prayers. And so if you'll continue to do that, that would be just outstanding. We have a lot going on in the world today. Listen, no reason to fear, right? Uh, fear is just a, it's a, it's a distraction from the enemy, but it gives us reason to pray. And we want to pray by wisdom. We want to pray by faith, okay? And so we're, we're talking in this series of the I am. Seven times in John, does Jesus, is Jesus quoted as saying, I am. I am the bread of life. I am, uh, you know, I am the good shepherd. Marcus did a great job last week on that. I am the door. And the, today is, I am the resurrection and the life. And this is an important scripture, important chapter. John 11, uh, we're going to speak on maybe 10 verses today. But uh, if you have time this week or when you go home today, I would love for you and challenge you and encourage you to read the whole chapter of John, the 11th chapter. Uh, it, there's a lot of impartation there. There's a lot of just good stuff that Jesus is taking us through. He's taking his disciples through, and he'll take us through as, as, today, as well today. There's things we can learn through this story. You know the story. It's Lazarus being called uh, to come forth, being healed. But there's some intricacies in the story that we need to learn and we need to walk through and know about. So I'm going to read out of my Bible. They'll have it on the screen. Uh, we're going to go John 11:17 through 27. Now, when Jesus, and any time you hear or see that word now in Scripture, and it starts a new you know, paragraph or a new chapter, especially maybe a new book, that's a subject of a new revelation, or in this case, it's a present participle. It's kind of impactful. It's like when Jesus says, verily, verily. So now, so there's something getting ready to happen because the author here, Holy Spirit, is, is giving us a, a heads up. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. She might have been a little bit mad. We're not sure. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, Lord, that your word is alive. We thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. We thank you that in you, Father Lord, that we can see life and we can see that in abundance. We thank you, Lord, that you are already working plans out, that you're working things out in our life that we need to know about. So I pray, Father, today that we would open our ears, open our eyes, our mindsets, our hearts to hear all those things that you have for us, that we can receive that resurrection in Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. Again, it's important, uh, if you would, to read John, the whole 11th chapter. It's meaty. It's like uh, if you're a meat eater, it's a filet, okay? It's not only just a filet, it's a filet with a nice baked potato and maybe corn on the cob. It's, it's the real, it's a, there's a lot of meat there. It's, it's solid. And so I want you to understand that. Now, saying that, we're going we're gonna to use this part of Scripture, but I'll be referring to uh, incidences that happened before and incidences that happened after this Scripture. And again, because I don't want you always to just take me at my word, I want you to read that when you get home or later this week so that word can grab a hold of us and get inside of us. We need to be not only hearers but doers of the word. Amen? 
It's important. So I'm going to give you just about four things today that maybe I drew out of this uh, text that says, you know, we need to look at this a little bit deeper. What, what could we understand or how can we grow in this realm? And the first one was, is faith is always in the moment. Uh, you need to write that down or take a picture or just get a, a memory on it. Faith is always in the moment. The, the Bible says in Hebrews, now faith. Again, that word now. Now faith is the subject of things hoped for, the, things of, the evidence of things not seen. So it's a substance, but it's now. It's today. I'm amazed that in this scripture, in these verses, the Bible says that Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. He wasn't in Jerusalem. In fact, the disciples didn't want him to go back to Jerusalem because they were trying to kill Jesus. They were plotting to kill him. And the disciples even said, we shouldn't go here, Master. And Jesus said, well, this isn't a, this isn't a sickness unto death. And then they said, oh, good. And then later on, he says, well, this is a sickness unto death. He's trying to teach them a lesson. Janie is downstairs the first Sunday of each month now. She felt a passion to uh, have a Sunday school class for the pre-K, K, and and first graders and teach them uh, just kind of, you know, the, the Ten Commandments or the fruit of the Spirit and those cool things. And back when uh, our kids were growing up, they had the old flannel graph. Anybody remember the flannel graph, like Sunday school and children's church? And so Janie was wanting to get her a flannel graph, and some of the millennials on our team said, you know, they might be better off with a screen. <laughs> Let's just do a TV. They're not going to know what a flannel graph is. And so it was funny, but at the same time, it's, it's, you kind of think, well, what's a way to learn? Jesus here is giving the disciples a word picture using Lazarus to show his resurrection. So it's not just a miracle of someone being healed from the dead. Jesus is stepping back, looking at the larger picture and saying, wait a second, I'm going to show them for a second on what it's really like to walk through this. And so it's a word picture. I'll give you a couple word pictures today, stories that I'll tell of things, life events that hopefully will help you grab a hold of what Jesus means when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And so... Mary and Martha send a friend to uh, Jesus. He's, uh, Lazarus is still breathing at the time. We believe your friend Lazarus is sick. And so they, when, by the time they, Jesus gets there, Lazarus has already been four days in the tomb. Now think about that for a second. Jesus did not rush to get there. All right, and so he's making a plan. He's got a he's got a plan. But Mary and Martha's faith was good four days ago. While there was breath, they had faith. But that was yesterday's faith. And then Mary and Martha say, "Well, yeah, I know he'll be raised again, resurrected again in the end times when you when they come back for that glorified body." So that's future faith. But they didn't have faith in the now. And now faith is what God really wants us to have. It's important that where God challenges us, we have to have faith today. Yesterday's faith was a testimony. It's good. We're standing on it. Tomorrow's faith may be a vision or a dream or imagination, but today is the day that we really have to have faith. And so listen, faith cancels out fear. Okay, we don't walk in fear, we walk by faith, but the, the problem with faith is you can't always see what you're praying for, and sometimes you just have to stand guard and kind of plod through. It's just a, it's one of those moments where I'm just going to walk this thing out. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 10.38, my righteous ones will live by faith. I take no pleasure in those who shrink back, because Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the author of Hebrews, whom we don't know for sure who uh, he or she is, we understand, though, that it's by the power of the Holy Spirit this book was written, that, there's, that he's saying or she's saying, the author is saying, that you have to have faith. Stop shrinking back. So faith is progressive. Faith takes us one more step, and it may just be one more step. It may just be one step at a time. It may not be a marathon. It may not be a sprint. It may not be a, a jog. It may just be, I got to just take one more step today. I'm just going to get up today and take one more step. And, and I take that encouragement that says, I'm not working on yesterday's faith. I have one more new set of faith in my life. I'm going to walk in now faith. 
Understand that, church. This will take you a, a long, far ways. That it's good. It, it's good when we had faith, or maybe we were riled up, or maybe we were serving God, or maybe we loved God with everything in us, and it seemed to maybe dry up just a little bit. That just might be a season you're going through as long as you continue just to have faith. And you walk in that faith, and you can say the song, I think it's Carly Simon who sings the song, These Are the Good Old Days. <laughs> We always look back, and the good old days really weren't so good. After all, I grew up without central air conditioning in our house for the first, I don't know, seven or eight or nine or ten years. And uh, I, don't, I don't like uh, sleeping at 100 degrees weather with, with no air conditioning and the, and the humidity at 98%. There's nothing good about those. The memories of the people of those days are good but not the good old days. And so we have to appreciate everything for the moment that we're in. Enjoy the journey. Appreciate where you're at. Appreciate where you're going. Number two, delay does not mean denial. Delay does not mean... We, we are part of a microwave society where we want everything right now. Would you agree with that? Like, we don't have time for God. <laughs> now, if, if we got to wait on God, I mean, God's not bound by time. He may take 30 or 40 years. Yes, you're right. He might take 30 or 40 years. Yeah, but we're used to everything. They say now with the uh, generation that is my older grandson's generation, Brady and Jonah are uh, 13 and 10. Jonah will be 11 this month. Brady will be 14, almost ready to drive. So excited about that. No, I am. <laughs> I am. I'm excited about that because I don't have to teach them. I, I, I might take them out at a time or two, but... But eight seconds, you have eight seconds with that generation. If you haven't captured their attention in eight seconds, because of screen time and because of uh, social activity, internet, they're on to the next thing. You have to continue to keep someone's attention. We forgot what it was like to wait on God. Janie and I were uh, moving uh, you know, four or five, five years ago, whatever, we had a house in Bethlehem, Wittenberg Springs, and we, I, she had a bunch of stuff that she wanted me to take to the Goodwill or Salvation Army, charitable donations, gifts, whatever. And so uh, I would load up the, the car, the Jeep, or whatever we were driving at the time, and uh, put the seats down, load it up, and I'd, I'd come in to one of the local places, and I'd drop it off. And it was a Saturday, and I'd like I did, I was doing that all day long, and every time I, I came down 127, I would see the McDonald's on 127. Doug, the one that you used to be in charge of, and uh, and I'd see that McDonald's, and I think I love McDonald's ice cream. I, I, I mean, I just love McDonald's ice cream, I, and and they can't make it wrong. Sometimes they don't make it at all, but they can't they can't make it they can't make it wrong. And so I come back, I was on my third or fourth trip, and I thought, I'm going to stop in there for an ice cream cone. And so I, I dropped off my stuff, and I came back around, and I got in the drive-thru. This was before COVID, when drive-thru was an option. Uh, and so I drove in, and I ordered an ice cream cone, seven. And so uh, the, they said, pull up to the first window, pull the first window, give them my seven. And uh, they said, could you pull ahead to the next window? I said, sure. Pull ahead to the next window. And uh, she said, you have the ice cream cone? I said, yes. Can you pull over? I said, no. I ain't pulling over. Sir, you need to pull over. I'm not pulling over. It's an ice cream cone. You invented the drive-thru. I'm waiting right here. He ain't pulling over. Another person came up and said, sir, we're going to need you to pull over. I said, it's an ice cream cone? And we've already had this conversation. I ain't pulling over. Just get my ice cream, and then I'll leave. Manager came up a couple seconds later and said, sir, could you tell me what type of McFlurry you wanted? I don't want a McFlurry. I want an ice cream cone. That's what, could you pull over? I'm not pulling over. No, I can't pull over. I'm not. It, sidebar for a second. If it's a special order, like our three grands, oldest grandsons all like a plain cheeseburger from McDonald's, like, they, like if it's harder to not put the ketchup, mustard, pickles, and onions on it, than it is just to put it on it, and I order it plain form, then I'll pull over because it's my special order. But this was a nice cream cone. <laughs> and McDonald's. And a drive-thru they created. They invented it. And so I said, no, sir, I'm not going to. 
Hey, he ain't wait. So one by one, the little clerks came up. You know, they're all like 15-year-old girls. And they'd look, and they'd just laugh. <laughs> he ain't pulling over. No, just give me my ice cream cone. I'm not going to pull over. Are you with me? Now, listen, I have people in church that will say, Pastor, I tried what you did at McDonald's. I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying that's what I did. And I learned it from my dad, who was like the most impatient person in the world. They asked him at McDonald's in Omaha, Nebraska, please don't come back. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. See, we get used to not waiting. Oh, by the way, on behalf of McDonald's here in Hickory, we got a nice free ice cream cone for everybody in the church today. We got some coupons. I don't know if we have enough, though. So they're going to start from the back and to the forward, and we may need some more for next time. <laughs> but you all get a, give McDonald's a hand of appreciation for letting me use them as a display today. You'll get, a, you'll get a little card for a free ice cream cone. It's on Doug at McDonald's, and we appreciate, we appreciate Doug. If, yeah, yeah. So two things. If the ice cream machines aren't working today, uh, and also just tell them, Pastor Mark said, you don't have to wait. You're just going to get that ice cream cone and go, go, go ahead and go. We are, we are conditioned in ourselves to not wait. We are conditioned in ourselves that if I want it in the microwave, I'll just go microwave it because the oven's going to take too long. Got to warm it up. Got to heat it up. Got to do all those things. Got to prep it. I'll just throw it in there. I was conditioned at McDonald's not even to be obedient to the fact that they couldn't make an ice cream cone for me, that they wanted me to pull over, wait, forget about me, and then I have to go in and get it anyways. But that's neither here nor there. I'm venting, and that's not necessarily true. We need to learn how to wait on God. The trying of our faith works patience. So they work hand in hand. When I learn how to walk in faith, God starts to drop patience in my life, all right, in my way. And so even the psalmist said in Psalms 40 and 1 that I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. In other words, if I cry out to God, the next thing I need to do then is just wait for him. Lord, if I, if I cry out and if I make my, my need known, now I'm going to wait patiently for you. I'm not going to be angry or mad. I'm not going to be fearful or doubt. I'm going to wait. I'm going to stand by faith and say, no, I prayed about that. God, you're going to work it out. It is totally 100% positive that, Lord, you are going to work this need out. Why is it? Isaiah tells us, if we bring that Isaiah 40, 30 on up one more time, but they, but they who wait on the Lord, what happens? They renew their strength. They mount up with wings as eagles. They run. They're not weary. They walk. They're not faith. This is a, a spiritual metaphor that shows us how to walk this Christian life that says, wait a second, I'm, my life is not my own anymore. It's God's. And because it's God's, I can walk through this power now that says, okay, Lord, I'm walking in you. I'm walking by faith. It may not feel good. It may not even feel joyful or happy, but it's the right thing to do. And now I'm walking through that, and I'm going to persevere. But listen to me one more time. Delay does not mean denial. Delay does not mean it's just delay. It's God working on his time. In the scriptures of, of John, the 11th chapter, around verse 5 or 6, the Bible says, and Mary and Martha sent someone to Jesus, and Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And then it says this really weird phrase, so he waited two more days. Now, we want God to show up right now. Do you know that sometimes God will wait, Jesus will wait, the Holy Spirit will wait because he loves you? Because they love you? Lord, I need a healing. I'm going to wait because I love you. That's not the response we're looking for in America's churches today. We want it right now. I, I got to have it yesterday, Lord. But God says, no, I'm going to teach you something right here. And this is what he said to, this is what John is relaying what Jesus said to uh, whoever Mary and Martha sent. Okay, you know, I really love that, Lazarus, so I'm going to wait a couple days. Well, if you really love somebody and they're in trouble, don't you go immediately? I mean, don't you run to get there? 
Like if, if someone, if one of my grandkids is in need, Janie and I are going to run to get there. We're going we're gonna to run to help them out. We're, I remember one time Brady, I think, was sick, and he needed Grammy to pray for him. He didn't want anybody else. I need Grammy to pray for me. You know what Janie did? She got in the car and drove right over there and prayed for that little guy. And he got better. She didn't say, well, I love you, Brady. Let me wait just a couple more days. Then I'll be over there. But Jesus did. Jesus did. We have an expectation of Jesus that we put time constraints on. It's okay to have an expectation of Jesus. Just let go of the time constraints and let God just do what he does best and let him orchestrate and move with it the way he does. Can you say amen? It's important to understand. I know it's not like, wow, that just really jacks me up. I got to wait on God. But if you do, God will then jack you up. And that's in a good way. Number three, don't give the devil credit for God's plans. We do that all the time. Again, Jesus is like, I'm going to show them a flannel graph. I'm going to show them a word picture. This is what resurrection looks like. This is what I'm going to be going through. This story takes place about two weeks before the resurrection. All right, we're going to celebrate Easter Sunday here pretty soon. We're going to invite you to bring friends out. We'll have enough chairs for them. We'll scrunch everybody in a little bit. You bring a friend, family member, a friend out that maybe doesn't go to church, and we'll, we'll, have, a, uh, we'll have a service that hopefully they'll be able to be in touch with Jesus. We take people just the way they are. We accept people just the way they are because Jesus accepted all of us just the way we were. And just the way we are. We all ask the Lord to change us from the inside out. So, but Jesus here is, is, is got, he's got a plan. And so I'm sure, in, in my mind anyways, Mary and Martha, they're a little bit upset. Like, Jesus, I, you should have you been here. And yet, they, they may have said, well, if he'd have been here, right, like they said in the scripture, and then we start to give the devil some credit. Now, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So hear that. If you're in Christ, then Jehovah Sid Canoe, the, the, the Lord is righteous, is over you, okay? You are then a righteous person, not by our good works. Our good works are as filthy rags in the kingdom of God. So not by our works, but by the work that Jesus did on the cross. So he's, his righteousness reigns over me. And David said, uh, the, the righteous, okay, the righteous, their steps are ordered by the Lord. In fact, David also said, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. So if we are righteous in Christ, not of ourselves, and our steps are ordered by the Lord, then is God a liar? No way. No way. Would something happen maybe due to the fall or due to sin or due to uh, error in the world when Adam and Eve erred? Yes. But God will turn it around. The Bible says that even what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around and make good come from it. We have to stop giving the enemy credit. When our daughter Jessica, she's our second born, when she was getting uh, dedicated to the Lord, uh, it would be similar to some mainline denominations' baptism. We believe in baptism later on in uh, life when uh, they can receive Christ and say, yeah, I'm saved, uh, I'm going to go to heaven, and then they get baptized as an as a, uh, outward sign of an inward uh, being, feeling. So we believe in baby dedications. And so we were dedicating Jessica at Janie's father's church. We were young parents. Jessica was our second born. And some of you know the story, but they basically had pronounced her dead in the womb at seven months. And so we knew there was a miracle when she started kicking and she was born four weeks premature. The minister uh, was not my father-in-law that day. It was a, a gentleman by the name of Fred Brand. Fred Brand was not a real, real big guy, and he was uh, from central Missouri. Now, if you think, if you've been in church for a long time, and if you think of a church in the 80s, okay, uh, more of a revivalist-type style, and then think of Missouri, that was church in the 80s on steroids, so Fred Brand was like the real deal and just kind of dripped with anointing. What a powerful, powerful preacher. And, and he had prophesied 
over our daughter Jessica. And I'm not even sure we ever really shared that prophecy with her. But Janie and I were talking about it uh, just this past week. And I said, you know, that prophecy that Fred Brand gave Jessica was just a, a special prophecy. And I started to tear up even. And, she, and, and my wife said, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, it was powerful. And he didn't even know the story of how she uh, was nearly dead in the womb. And, and, and he said, and, and Fred Brand said this, I, I prophesy over this young child. She was maybe a month old, if that, maybe five weeks. And I prophesy over this young child that the devil is out to get her. Well, we didn't know, but yeah, the devil was. We felt like the devil was out to get her. But, but he said, but he said, if and uh, when uh, these things happen, financially, relationally, health-wise, God will restore her over and above. So everything, here's what he said, everything she goes through, and here's the word he used, God will resurrect in her a new beginning. So if she goes through something health, he'll resurrect. Go through something relationally, he'll resurrect. Go through something financially, she'll, he'll, she'll, he'll resurrect. And he said the end will be much, much better than the beginning. Well, it was just a powerful word of God. And then Fred Brand went on to say, he preached that morning, and he went on to say that he lives in central Missouri, and that he, he, um, he was sleeping one night in the springtime of the year. He had the windows open, and he had a two-car detached garage. Well, there was a noise out in the garage that night. And he said, I... I didn't know what it was. Was it a raccoon in there? Is there a burglar? Is there somebody got in there? I'm not sure. He said, oh, I did what most good Missourians would do. He grabbed a shotgun and a flashlight. He walked out the door, and he saw the side door a little bit open. So he said, oh, there, might, there must be something or somebody in there. He pushed the door open, and he shined his light around. And when he shined his light, he saw some tools dumped over over here that he thought were straight up the, the day before, the night before. He saw another mess of something over here, and he shined it over in a corner. And when he shined it over in the corner, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that he said, and it could have been a spiritual manifestation, or it could have been a physical manifestation. I don't know, but I'll tell you what he did. Over in the corner, he saw like a little imp-looking character, about four foot tall, all skin and bones, real nasty looking, like something out of a sci-fi movie, and looked up at him and just had this evil, evil sneer and grin. And he looked at that thing and said, Oh, it's you, devil, and shut the door and went back in the house and went to sleep. Because James said, Jesus' brother, if you resist the devil, he must flee from you. See, we give the devil too much credit. We give the devil too much glory. We give the devil too much power even inside the church and say, well, yeah, the devil was attacking me this week. If you are a righteous man or a woman, your steps are ordered by the Lord. You hang on that. You walk on that. You, you call that out. You quote that. You see, he, he didn't give the devil any place, which, again, is what Paul said. Give the devil. Give the enemy no place. So we've said that in the past as far as don't let the devil entice you. But I would say take it literal. Do not give the devil any place. This is not a work for you, enemy. The archangel Michael and Jews said, the Lord rebukes you, devil. I don't even have to. The Lord rebukes you. But see, so there's, there's, when, we, when we look at things in our life and we recognize that I'm not going to give the enemy any glory, I'm going to give God all the glory. When we were younger, 25 years ago, uh, my brother Frank had a 15-year-old daughter who was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And uh, it was in the pons region of her brain, so it was inoperable. And uh, Frank had a good church he went to, and he was looking for anything and everything. Uh, doctors in Houston, Texas, and Omaha, surrounding area, what, what can be done? You know, it's, if you, you do anything for your kids, right? And, and so it was like, what, what can be done? And so he would take her to different, like, different church services, would have maybe some uh, healing service or whatever. And, and so I had called him one day. I said, hey, Frank, uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, there's a, there's a man there that, that we know would respect, and he's going to have a healing service on Sunday night. Would you, would you like to go? He said, yeah, we, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be there. And so I gave him the address and everything. And it was September 28th. 
1996. I know the date well because it was actually Frank's birthday that he was coming out on. And so uh, the, the preacher preached a good message on healing, on the supernatural, on miracles. And so uh, I thought, man, this is, this is really good. And so um, afterwards, he called for a healing line. If you want to be healed, uh, come on up. And so Frank brought his, his daughter, uh, Nikki, up and, and his uh, wife, Vicki, and, and uh, Janie and I uh, went up with them. Now, my family calls Janie Annette. Uh, so that's important because you'll, as the story goes. And so we went up there with him, and, and the preacher did a really, really, really wise thing to start with. He said, you're up here for healing. Yeah, they explained what the problem was. And then he said, now, first things first, uh, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? And Frank right away said, I will, I do. And it just was really, and I remember the preacher saying, man, we got, we got, we got, we got somebody hungry here. This is good. And uh, he was hungry for all the right reasons, but he also wanted his daughter made whole. And so the preacher preached, uh, or the preacher uh, prayed, but after Frank, he asked Nikki the same thing. Nikki, do you want to receive Christ? you want healing? Yes, I do. And so um, nothing super spiritual happened. You know, uh, we believed in the healing. We believed that God was, was going to heal her, and, and, you know, we put it before the Lord. And so we went back to our house afterwards, and uh, I was in the living room with, with Frank and his wife, Vicki, and Nikki was in the kitchen uh, with my wife, Janie, who she called Antoinette, and she, uh, with tears rolling down her face, she said, uh, Antoinette, uh, something happened to me tonight. And, and, uh, and Janie said, what is it, honey? What, what happened? She said, I don't know. I, like, I just feel perfect peace. Like I just, I like I just feel like, even if God chooses not to heal me, uh, I'm just I'm ready to go home. And it was like a, the miracle of being born again, just took place in just a, a like 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 a story graph, like a flannel graph. It was just it was just happening right there. She wasn't saying a prayer just so she could be healed. She was saying a prayer and a commitment to Christ that change was taking place instantaneously. And Janie said, oh, honey, yeah, that's, that's what it means to be born again. That old person has is, is died out. That new person has, is coming in. And, she, and she, just, she just could only stand there and just weep in the kitchen. And Frank came in, is like, everything okay? And, and, and Janie said, yeah, no, everything, everything's fine. She's just really getting a touch from God. She, God is just all over her. Well, about a week later, I had a dream that I woke up and told my wife about. I said, hey, I had a dream that, uh, that Nikki got healed on uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st. And she said, wow, that's so cool. And so we were going to see Frank and Nikki a few days later. And so we went out there. We were taking some, I forget, we were taking something, food or something. And, and uh, so Janie said, tell Frank about your dream, Mark. Tell, and I was, man, I was hesitant to say anything. And I said, Frank, I had a dream, and it could be, you know, it could be bad pizza, or it could be God, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you what my dream is. And he said, well, what is it? I said, I had a dream that, that Nikki would be healed on New Year's Eve, December 31st. He said, wow, wow, that's awesome. I hope that happens. You know, we, were, we were rejoicing together, and then we left, and about a week or a week and a half later, Janie woke up and had a dream, and uh she said, man, I had a dream last night about Nikki. I said, really, what was it? She said, she said, I had a dream that she got healed on December 31st. I said, wow, confirmation. I mean, that, that's how, how cool is God? And she said, no, wait a second. I, I had a dream that she got healed in the ultimate healing. I said, oh, man, should, should we tell Frank? And she said, no, let's, well, I think maybe we should just let him, keep him with your dream. There's no reason to, to bring alarm or false hope or anything. She's at, what if it's, what if it's not real anyways? And so, I don't know if you've been in church for a long time, you remember the old New Year's Eve services? And uh, we would pray in the new year for like four hours. We'd go at seven o'clock or eight o'clock and eat and have worship and then pray in the new year. And uh, so our youngest son, Andrew, who helps lead the worship, he was sick. And uh, so the other three, the older ones, they stayed home with him. And I had, back then we wore pagers. We didn't have cell phones. <laughs> so I had a pager on and because the kids were home alone watching Drew. And, uh, and so I got a page about 11 o'clock at night uh, from our daughter, Jill. And so I slipped out and gave Jill a call and, and uh,
Jill said, uh, Papa, Uncle Frank called. Ready? He needs you to call as quick as possible. So I called, uh, called Frank and said, Frank, what's up? And he said, uh, hey, I just wanted to call and tell you your dream came true. I said, yeah. I said, well, what, uh, what, what happened? He said, well, Nikki got the ultimate healing tonight. The same words that the Lord gave Janie and the dates that he gave me and her at like 1030 that night, the Lord took Nikki home. And we know where she's at now because we know she received Christ and had such a cool experience. Now, some would say, well, that's the enemy. That's, that's the work of the enemy. I would say, no, that maybe God knew what was going to happen. And so he went before us. He prepped us and he showed us. And now Nikki's on the other side. And he's waiting for, she's waiting for her family and, and her friends. And I don't say that to bring you down, but to lift you up. The last, the last and perfect most resurrection that we, that we will experience looks like defeat because we will all die. It's appointed unto man once to die after that, the judgment. When we walk through this death, and this is why it's important for us to go through a spiritual death so that we can experience spiritual life, we then become resurrected. Frank goes out to her gravesite as he has the last 25 years every June the 9th with a, a towel. And sits there for four or five or six hours just, just mourning the loss of his daughter. He'll never get over that. But he knows within his heart that he will see her again on the other side. That's what resurrection is about. See, when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he is telling the disciples, I'm going to show you what this is about. Here's a young girl, 15 years old. And listen, if you have children or grandchildren, give them all a hug today when you get home. Life is precious. But Frank handled it with such grace and, and, and spiritual maturity that, that, that only could come from the presence of a living God. And Nikki was in that mindset that however God heals me, however he chooses to heal me, and the Lord went before us and showed us the, the date, and we weren't prophesying. We were just saying, in fact, we said it painfully that, that this is what we felt like God was, was telling us. And yet this young girl had a miracle, and the miracle wasn't a healing on earth. A miracle was a healing in heaven. But in no way, shape, or form would we ever give the devil any glory or credit for that. That was all a hand of God. Yes, some things because of the fall take place, but we still know that God works those things. Whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around and make good come up. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, church, one more time. Last but not least, number four, you may have to unwrap somebody. You may have to unwrap somebody. Listen to this is a deal about church and community and love and God and Christ and, and fellowship is that when we're in this, we're in this together, that we don't point out each other's sins. We point out each other's way. There's a way to Jesus that says, I can overcome. I can do these things. And so I'm going to give you a couple words, and you'll, you'll see a, a process here that takes place. At first, Mary and Martha gave a bunch of excuses. All right? He's, he stinks by now, Jesus. He's been in the tomb for four days. And, and Jesus is like, wait, we're going to see him get healed. And, and Mary and Martha, who had faith four or five days ago, and all of a sudden don't have faith, they, wanna, they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want Jesus to be embarrassed. And so sometimes God will tell you some things, and it's like, I can't believe that God told me that this person's going to be healed or this person's going to be whatever. We start to make excuses for Jesus. All you have to do is live and speak the word of God. Everything else is up to the Lord. You don't, you don't have to see the healing. You don't have to see the miracle. You just have to believe God can if he wants to. And God will. Trust me on that. God will. We have seen miracle after miracle in our lifetime. But they were so, see, common sense said, well, no, he's not, he's, he's dead. We've buried him. He's in a tomb. That's just an excuse when we say God didn't hear me or we don't want to wait uh, for God to, to, to do something in our life. We don't, want to, we don't have the patience or, or the prayer time. We, we don't have reasons. We start to make excuses. Number two, then we cast blame. Jesus, if you would have been here. So you want Jesus here like he's our, our magic 
dragon, like he's our rub the Bible three times and a genie shows up. We want him right here. If you'd have been here, knowing that that's just three-dimensional thinking, but in the fourth dimension, Jesus is everywhere. And the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all people. He doesn't have to be here. He wants us there. He wants us in the mindset that, hey, what, listen, I, I, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm never going to be against you. I'm never going to be, I'm always for you. And so, But Jesus, if you'd have been right here, Jesus, if you'd have been in a hospital room, Jesus, if you'd have been at that graveside, Jesus, if you'd have been when I got laid off, Jesus, if you'd have been over here, Jesus, that relationship failed. God, Jesus, if you'd have been, you know, Jesus is there. But according to Scripture, at least this text because he loves you, he may wait an extra day or two. It's hard to wrap our mind around that. It's very hard to wrap our mind around it, but that's where we strengthen our faith. Number three, it may take some effort. He tells the people at the graveside to go ahead and remove the stone. There may be ways of thinking in your life that you have to remove. Like God can only move this way. Or Jesus can only do it this way. Or there's only the, there are some non-negotiables. You, the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ, all right? He's the way, the truth, and life. That, that's, the, that's a non-negotiable. But there are other things. Like we, we get confused about different people. We get confused about different things. And, we get, and all of a sudden, we have to remove that stone in our life. We have to say, wait a second. Do you love Jesus? I love Jesus. We're on the same page. Just, let's, let's go forward with this thing. It's going to take effort, though. There, we have to remove that stone. It's going to take effort. Number four, and then there's gl the, glory, the glory word. Every time Jesus prayed, he always thanked God first. Every time. Every time. He would break bread. He thanked God. He'd heal leper. He'd thank God. God, I thank you that you hear me. Father, I thank you that you're aware of the situation. And so in order to give God glory, glory is not when it happens. Glory is before it happens. Okay, Father, I'm going to give you glory right now because I know you're going to heal my friend or family member. I know you're going to save my lost loved one. I'm going to bring at Easter time. I know these things are going to happen. So, Father, I thank you. Can you take five seconds just to give God some praise of thanksgiving? Because he's worthy. He is just absolutely worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be glorified. He, wa he wants to work on your behalf. He wants to do those things for you. He wants to work in unison with you. And then last but not least, he says, unbind him, and that's the victory. And we're all looking for, as the worship team comes back, we're all looking for victory that is in Christ Jesus. And yet, we may have to count on each other to see it through. We may have to count on each other. You may have to help unbind me. I may have to help unbind you. We're in a world where there's a lot of stuff going on. We, we went through a, an economic uh, recession, a depression. We've gone through COVID. We're in uh, potential uh, world war type scenarios, and there's a lot of, of fear. There's a lot of angst. There's a lot of anxiety. We're in a generation where everybody can get the news within six or seven seconds of it just happening, and yet that, draw, that draws fear into people. We're raising a generation that we think is going have to live in that, yet people are looking for a place where they can say, wait a second, I'm going to walk by faith and not by fear. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to walk by faith and not by doubt. I'm willing to wait on the Lord, but there's people outside of the walls of this church and every church in the world that are looking for people as well. They, they don't necessarily see Jesus per se, but they see people and they need to see Jesus in the people. And when they see Jesus in you, then that's a good thing because then they'll say, hey, I see Jesus. If you're like Jesus, that's what I want to be like. And now you, you have a starting point to be able to unbind them or unwrap them. Stand with me this morning right where you're at. There's, there's uh, things in all of our lives that at different times need some uh, spiritual resurrection. We, we, need, we, need to, we need to be free. We need to just be, like, sometimes we don't even know. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for some of the, our prayer, Dale and Monica and Mark and uh, Marcus and Charity. Come on up. You guys come on up here. And, and maybe, you, maybe today there's some things in your life that you just need resurrected. Like, it, man, I just need to, I just need a freedom to come over me again. I, I haven't had that freedom. Or maybe there's things in your life that you're not sure 
if there's anything that needs to be resurrected or not. I want you in just a moment just to ask the Holy Spirit, would you resurrect the things in me that maybe are dead? Maybe it's that first love, or maybe it's just a, a thought process or pattern, or maybe it's just a, a stone wall or the, the ceiling feels like it's brass and your prayers go up and, and hit down. There was a, a while ago, not, not that long ago, it felt like my prayers were just like hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down. It was like, God, I can't pray any harder. I can't pray any longer. And he said, don't, son, don't pray at all. Just soak me in. And I was like, I was just like, I was hitting my head against the wall. And it was this simple word of the Holy Spirit, just soak me in, son. Just soak me in. And so sometimes you just have to be a stargazer. Sometimes you just have to look up and say, Lord, I don't want anything. I'm not asking for anything. I just simply thank you for your resurrection power. If you're comfortable doing so, raise your hands up for a moment. We're going to sing one more song. If you would like prayer. Maybe you have a relationship that needs to be resurrected or finances that need to be resurrected. Maybe, you, maybe you're a spiritual person inside. And I just need to be, I just need a little boost. I need a resurrection. There's nothing wrong. And listen, we are judgment-free. There is no shame at all. You feel free to come if you want. Or you can just do it right at your seat as well. But I'm going to pray, and then we're going we're to sing. And if you, feel, if you feel like you want someone to agree with you in prayer, then by all means. Father, we thank you for the resurrection power comes from the inside. And it's already there because of you. And so we thank you, Lord, that you've given us that resurrection power that we can, Father, Lord, claim and desire those gifts from you. So, Father, I pray if there's people here today, Lord, that are just, just praising you and thanking you, that they would ask the Holy Spirit to reveal with inside of them anything that needs to be resurrected. Maybe it is a first love. Maybe it is a maybe it is joy. Maybe it, maybe it is just a faith seed. Father, we pray right now, Lord, and as we sing, Father Lord, and cry out to you, Lord, we pray that you would resurrect the church in the world, Father Lord, and you would help the people of Ukraine and around the world that would that Father Lord, you would you would find that those refugees a home, Father Lord, and there would be peace, Father Lord. Lord, in those areas. We thank you, Father. We love and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to, to sing God bless you.
Hey, can you give the Lord a shout of praise? God is so good. Resurrection power. Jesus said, I am the resurrection of life. Resurrection power. You have it within you if you have Christ in you. And if you don't have Christ in you, you simply say, Father, fill me, fill that void in my life. Forgive me my sins. I receive you today. Let us pray while they continue to minister and you can be on your way. Father, thank you, Lord, for showing us through that flannel graph and through Lazarus on how you too were resurrected. Father, we know that there is life and there is power even in the spoken tongue. So we choose to speak life and not death. We choose to live life and not death. Father, bless our people. Give them an incredible week. Lord, watch over them, order their steps, and be their regard. And thank you so much for our Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have an awesome week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.